Hey guys, welcome back. It's episode 13 of the Weeboo Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about my favorite topic, shonen. So, to get into more specifics, I think this week we really want to get into some of the more finer details of a shonen, what makes a shonen, why do some people really enjoy it, and why has this been historically one of the more popular genres in anime. In the past, we've talked about it a bit, we've touched on it, we've compared some of our favorite shonens, but this week we really want to get some more specifics and kind of dive in deep. So, it's going to be an interesting episode. If you guys don't like shonen, feel free to skip it, but if you're an anime fan, I'm sure you've seen shonens, I'm sure you have some you hate, I'm sure you have some you love, but like it or not, shonen is here to stay. It's one of the genres that I think has been reached the widest audience, but you know, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely think that shonen is probably the most popular uh, anime genre out there. Not one of the most popular, but literally the most popular anime genre. And it has reached a wider audience than, I don't know, than I ever thought it would. And yeah, it's, it'll be interesting because in this podcast, I know in the past we have some episodes like the Shonen Showdown episode. We've talked about what kind of propelled us into watching anime, the shonens that we watched growing up in past pro- podcasts as well. But we want to kind of tackle more controversial topics almost and give our hot takes on shonen and just use it as a point of discussion. I'm not, I'm not trying to start any beef with the shonen fans or anything like that, but really just to kind of you know tickle the brain a little bit start a discussion with the community and also just get us thinking in terms of how we should view shonen going forward and what really the future has in store for the genre really and maybe just the anime industry as a whole yeah definitely agree with you there this who knows where we're gonna go from here maybe shonen will fall out as the top genre maybe it'll continue to to stay on top we have seen some other genres starting to move up the up the rankings i would say But I guess before we get into that, Chris, would you like to just kind of give us a recap of maybe your previous week? What did you watch? What did you not watch? What did you hate? And I know you watched some anime from the spring season, so give us a little background on that. Yeah, definitely. So I think me and Pat, prior to this podcast, we were talking about what we should do in terms of how we recap the summer 2021 season. And we really want to just give a little recap every week in terms of what we watched, what we thought was good, what the highlights and the lowlights of the week were. So yeah, that that's pretty much what we're going to plan on doing. So you guys can get our, I guess, live takes on some of these episodes that roll out on a weekly basis. But from this past week, I, wa- I did watch a lot of shows I haven't gotten a chance to watch every single one of the shows because there's just too much that comes out over the weekend before uh, we record this podcast. But I did watch Aquatope episode two and everyone knows that from that last episode, I I don't know how I feel about Aquatope and how PA Works is going to go about producing the show. But episode two kind of got me hopeful. It it really got me... (laughs) thinking in a positive way about Aquatope. I really enjoyed how episode two went, the struggles that the characters were faced with. And I don't want to get into details because I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, but probably in a, in a later podcast, I'll, I'll talk about it in more detail. But there were some themes in Aquatope in this episode that I really look for in terms of a slice of life. And I, I saw a glimpse of that, so I'm hoping that PA Works can build on it. In terms of lowlights... I don't I don't think I, I had really had another show that 
or that was a low light but i guess i could just talk about another highlight i watched the first episode of sunny boy and i know you did too and i was pretty much blown away by it i have really high hopes for sunny boy but i do get some of i think i think the book is called lord of the flies right i do get some of those vibes from it where these kids are kind of stuck in a not an island but in a world where they kind of have to create their own rules create hierarchy in terms of like a government and a system to to rule this world that they live in so i i did get some of those vibes and i i'm interested to see how yeah how the story is just going to get portrayed from here because i i do see some dark aspects of the show that might come out later on and yeah that should be really interesting Oh, and then lastly, I, I binge-watched 86 on one day. So I want to talk about 86 before we get into the Shonen portion of the category or portion of the podcast. Yeah, so definitely going off Sunny Boy. I just want to quickly touch on that. Great first episode. I don't think I could have asked for a better first episode, but I do see what you mean. There are some dark undertones. I mean, what can go wrong when a bunch of teenagers Everything. make their own system? So we'll see what happens. We'll see what episode two, how it plays out. I left off on a, I would say that's a pretty good cliffhanger. It's like not too anticipated, but just enough that you are going to watch that next episode when it comes out. But yeah, let's go back to 86. So 86 came out in the spring season. It's a not necessarily a shonen, not necessarily a mecha. It kind of falls into more... I don't know it's what kind of category say, would you characterize It's that really as. hard to say. It, it kind of falls into a lot of categories, but maybe it's like a drama almost. Because the show is really feels heavy. And I didn't watch 86 and Vivi until the season ended. And I've kind of mentioned that in the podcast before. But I binge watched both over the course of the last week or so. I watched 86 in literally a day. I watched Vivi over like three days or something like that. And... Both shows are really feels heavy and has really similar themes in, in that aspect. But it's, yeah, it's really hard to say. It's not really a shonen. And the mecha part of it isn't that significant where I don't think it's really the core of the show, like the main takeaway of the show. So I, I would probably say more like a drama almost. Yeah, that's a really good point because for anyone who hasn't seen 86, it's got a lot of different takes on it every episode's a bit different there are some episodes that are very action heavy and then there are other episodes that are a bit more plot development and like chris said in your feels but having seen vivi and 86 which would you say is the was the better anime i don't know if those are your two favorite of the spring season but if they are i mean considering that my spring 2021 season was literally filled with garbage and minus two or eternity it's not very hard to for both of these shows to end up being my one of my favorites, but I ended up both scoring or giving a score of seven out of 10 for both. And I want to just like preface that with, by saying that I score based on the criteria that Mal gives me and seven out of 10 is, is good. And eight out of 10 is like very good. Nine out of 10 is great. And 10 out of 10 is a masterpiece. So I think it's good. I think both of those shows are good. If there was a decimal system in Mal, I would have given a, uh, 86 a higher score than vivi and i don't know if that's just purely because 86 is better but i felt a better connection to 86 than i did with vivi and that might just be how based on like the plot progression and how the story flowed but 
86 has some characters that you could connect to, a lot of different characters. And the dynamic between kind of the people on the front line and then the people that are instructing them, so like the handlers that are respond responsible for instructing the people on the front line, is really interesting to me. I really hope that they get into more detail in season two because I didn't think they touched some of these aspects in terms of like the corruption in the government or I don't know, like some some of there's there's a few plot holes where I, I just want more explanation. So I, I hope that in season two they're able to explain that a bit more. But besides that, I, I felt a much better connection to 86. I just enjoyed it more as a whole than I did Vivi. Right. And and maybe some background for anyone who does understand Chris's comment about handlers. Uh, maybe the American equivalent is Ender's Game. It's a story, sci-fi story, about a young teenage boy controlling airships in space to fight a war. And it's a very similar concept in this anime. Um, but yeah, going, going into more detail here, you said that you wish there was a bit more development. Do you think this could have been a better scored anime with 24 episodes? Because this is based on a light novel, so I'm sure they did leave. A decent amount of plot development out. I heard it followed the light novel pretty well, but you know, like anything translated from a novel to a show, there's a lot of development that's usually left out there. Small warning here in terms of a spoiler warning. So I might talk about some certain things that you don't want to hear in terms of the plot of 86. So if you don't want to hear that, please skip to the next part of the podcast and we'll make sure we have some timestamps in the description so you could skip to the show in a part of the podcast. But I, w- I want to talk about 86 in more detail because it-, it is still fresh in both of our heads. And I think it is a show that's worth talking about because it, it-, it's, uh, it was one of the highlights of the spring 2021 season. But there's a point in the show or there's a few points in the show where there's almost no explanation for certain things. So one, one of the things that they don't really explain well is how did sh- how does Shin or Undertaker have the ability to just hear all these Legion voices. They like lightly touch on it saying he almost died and that's why he has a connection to it. But there's no explanation of that more than that. So I was like, uh, so this guy's just OP and just has this superpower that he could connect to all these Legion forces that took human brains and implanted it into themselves. Also on top of that, they didn't explain how that's even possible. You could just take a human brain, plant it in a machine, and it works. Like, I, I don't really get that either. So those two things were some of the plot holes I saw. I just want more explanation, really. Because I think in terms of the feels and the emotions that come from the show, they do a really good job of establishing that because, one, the soundtrack is amazing. I hate the opening song, but everything besides that, in terms of the kind of like the piano instrumentals that come at each scene, the ending song, very well-timed, very, very well done, really. And I don't want them to just exclude the explanations or the plot development just because they can make the audience feel something with the music and some of the themes that come with the emotional show. I could think of a few other plot holes off the top of my head, but that's like just one example. Yeah, that's some. those are some big points that they left out. I definitely agree with you that there should have been some more explanation to both Shin's background as well as the 
the yeah. enemy, the antagonist background. Yeah, I, I don't really. And that's something they definitely understand leave out. the. I guess the motives behind the enemy as well, and I don't really understand what happened with him and his brother. Like, why did his brother just randomly snap at him? And I think their explanation in the show was like, I just couldn't handle it at the time, or that's what the brother said, and I was just like, that's it. You like almost choked out Shin just because you were pissed off that one day. I, I don't know. That's not a good enough explanation to me. And then the last thing that I thought was like the biggest plot holes when the mortars just came flying from the sky. And I just don't understand why you can't just do that to keep fight off the Legion. But now you're sacrificing all these 86 soldiers to fight them off. I, I don't know. There wasn't much explanation there for that either. Yeah, the mortar scene is definitely something that's a bit odd i definitely agree there but yeah i think those are some big points that you've mentioned that probably is the reason why in your books it's not it's not i definitely think that the show has a potential to be an eight after season two because even something like code geass i gave the first season a seven because i i didn't think there was i thought it was good but i didn't think it was a great or masterpiece but I, I, I totally understand the first season is a lot of setup of the plot, the setting, the characters, all these different themes that come with the show. But they need to capitalize on that that they built up in season one and season two. And that's why I really just hope that they do because I think the emotions and the themes and the characters are there and they have a connection with the audience. They just need to really not botch S2. And that's kind of going back to promise neverland the promise neverland had kind of the same thing season one had a really good connection with the audience and really built a world that people really enjoyed watching and learning more about but in s2 they weren't able to capitalize on that so i I just hope that they are able to execute s2 well enough where they explain explain certain plot holes and then just make sure they cover their grounds really yeah so season two it's surprising it's only coming out in october it's Pretty fast turnaround. Almost like they had always planned for 24 episodes. Well, there are certain things that could go wrong with it, right? Like maybe they originally planned to go 48 episodes or something. But then after the 24 episodes, they decided to just cut the production of the show. So I think that's something that happened with like Promise Neverland. They they had to rush the last 12 episodes. So hopefully nothing like that happens here. But then they were able to plan out 24 episodes and the plot progression of the show so i thought the first season plot progression was actually really good and yeah i just hope that they could kind of continue on that but what were your thoughts do you, do you think it's it's worthy of an 8 out of 10 or i would give the first season probably a 7.8 but like you said there's no there's no ranking system there is no decimal system so i if i round it up yeah i'd give it an 8 out of 10 but is it in the eights no i think it's like you said it's somewhere in the sevens but maybe on the higher sevens, I did think it was a pretty good anime for the short amount of time they had. What I really didn't like is how they kind of just used the 12th episode as a recap. I actually liked the 12th episode because there was so much information that came in the first 11 episodes that I, I just needed a recap episode. But I wish that they did it on episode 13 instead of episode 12. So we got like an extra episode and then we got the recap. It's kind of weird. I don't know. They throw a lot of information at you, so I, I just appreciated that they explained it a little bit. Right, and the only interesting information in that recap is like the last 30 seconds. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> but... So, 
I don't know. I, I don't really enjoy recap episodes unless it's the coming out right before the next season. Because when the next season comes out, I'm going to have to rewatch it anyway. So like you said, it's better as an OVA or better as a 13th episode. But I don't really like it as a 12th, the 12th episode. Just, that, just for me personally, in terms of, you know, gathering my thoughts for this podcast, it was really helpful. But I could, yeah, they could have filled it with more content. But maybe they just didn't have enough content and the, and the right time to cut it off was episode 11. And that, and you know, episode 11 felt like pretty, felt like a good time to cut it off. They probably couldn't have done more with episode 12. So, yeah. But yeah, like you said, I, I do think if I were to give this a score in terms of a decimal, it would fall in the higher range of the sevens. The, the only reason why I gave it a seven was I, look, I took a look at some of these other shows. I gave it eight out of ten. I just didn't think it was at that level yet. And that's just, that's just purely because there was no decimal system in Mal. But yeah, I guess um, we talked a lot about 86 already, or I talked a lot about 86 already. If it's your favorite anime of the season, why not, right? I mean, we have to at least touch on it. For anyone who hasn't seen it, definitely recommend watching it. Maybe wait a bit before we get closer to season two. But it's definitely one of the better ones that I've seen recently. So give it a watch. Not going to say more than that. All right. So I think this is a good time to kind of pivot to the Shonen portion of the podcast. I'm sure you'll be doing uh, a lot of heavy lifting here because this is your favorite category. But before we kind of get into some of the more, I guess, granular details and the more specific topics, do you want to give a little quick 30 second overview to of, of what shonen really is and for those that don't really know what shonen is yeah so shonen is really a translation for anime that targets uh young young males and so when the historical main characters are young males in their teenage elementary school years that usually gets classified as a shonen and so usually historically shonens are action packed. They have a lot of fighting scenes, they're intriguing, adventure, sports, mecha. They see a lot of up up and uh fast-paced action. That's how I would classify it as. And I think the interesting point that I want to make out with shonen is that Historically, it's been one of the older genres of anime that was originally portrayed in the United States. And by that I mean we're talking about the Dragon Balls, the Yu-Gi-Ohs, the Bleach. And if when you think back, all of those animal, anime really targeted kids, or especially males, in their earlier years. But Chris, maybe you can give some background on the difference between Shonen and Shoujo, because... I always find that it's interesting how what shonen is classified as by definition means the main characters tend to have to be male. I'm sure we'll get into this in more detail, but there is a distinction between shonen and shoujo. So shonen is more of the young male and then shoujo is more of the young female. So it it is clearly divided almost and it'll be an interesting topic of discussion later on, but both of the the, the genres have their own kind of themes that they've stuck to for a really long time now where shonen is more of a growing up story for a male character but there's a lot of action a lot of just fighting a lot of a lot of manly i guess attributes that you could potentially think of but shoujo on the other side is a lot more romance oriented a lot more 
uh, feels, emotions, more slice of life than an action show. So there is a clear divide in terms of the genres. But yeah, it's they're, they're both interesting in their own ways. And it'll be an interesting topic of discussion at a later point in this podcast. But what why do you think Shonen really has become the most popular genre? Is that just purely because it broke into the Western audience like earlier than every other genre? Or do you think it's just more entertaining? Yeah, so we, we've touched on this in on some of our episodes in the past, but but really when anime started getting big in the Western culture, it was because of the Naruto. It was because of Bleach. It was because of Dragon Ball Z. And these are all shonens that are action-packed, you know, very fun to watch. They're not hard to watch. It's not too deep in depth. And every episode's a cliffhanger. And and that's one of the main traits, I think, that kept people interested in anime. And, like, Pokemon, right? Pokemon is historically yeah. and technically a shonen. So when you think back to all of these, and you think of anime, and if you think of Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, Yu-Gi-Oh!, etc., those are shonens. And that's what really, I think, got popular in the Western culture. And I'm sure back in the day... This was there were other anime out there that were popular in Japan and Asia. But for the Western culture, that's what people wanted to watch. And that's what was shown and aired. And that's why today I think Shonen has historically been the most popular genre. Yeah, in the I definitely culture. agree that that's probably why that's the most popular genre. But I guess like within Shonen, right, there there are a lot of different kinds of shows. Shonen's got a huge breadth of shows and it's really really hard almost where the amount of shows that shonen has is is i don't know gigantic compared to some of these other genres like slice of life drama sci-fi all these other smaller categories shonen just encompasses all of them almost but in terms of kind of setting those shows apart within shonen what do you think really is the criteria for a shonen to be good or a shonen to stand out like what are the themes that a show needs to have or does it need to be really action heavy with good action scenes or does it need character development like what is it so i think for me personally what makes a shonen stand out is when you have just enough depth in character development that you feel like you're engaged with the storyline you don't want to just see overpowered main characters or just a lot of action but no depth Right? It's almost like a fighting movie with no depth. You, you, no one wants to see that. Everyone loves to at least be engaged with the characters and kind of follow their adventure. And that's what I think almost a shonen is. You are following the adventure of these, of these characters. And it's a little, it's almost like the step before the isekai where we are now. It's, you're going on an adventure and you're seeing these main characters grow. And the popular shonens are really, you see these transition periods. And I think this is something that really got big with shonen is these time skips, right? And I'm talking Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z. I'm talking Naruto, Naruto Shippuden. These are the things that people really like to see. One Piece, right? The time gap. All these time gaps are very popular in shonen. And it's always that time skip that gets people coming back. And they come back and watch everything. And, you know, when people, when they, when you get to grow up with the characters, I think a lot of kids, they, they can relate. 
they see the development, they see these struggles, and it makes them feel like they're definitely part of that journey. We've talked about this before in the podcast where we've kind of said we grew up with Naruto and that's why Naruto is almost like like our baby shonen anime where like we just, I don't know, we just love it so much, right? But for someone else that's grown up in a different generation, it's not going to be Naruto. And the interesting thing is one of the more, I guess, lovable parts about shonen is you watch it on a weekly basis and you yourself grow with the character. So something like, Hunter Hunter might be something that someone relates to because they grew up watching it for so long and then they grew up with Gon and Killua. But there's also other shows like Boku no Hero now for this newer generation where they're watching it and they're growing up with the characters, really. And I'm sure Boku no Hero will get a, an arc later on in the story where they're older or something else. I, I don't know how the manga has progressed. So if that's already available, then, you know, apologies on my part. But Essentially, I think one of the more appealing parts is you you are able to see your life change, but you're also seeing the characters that you see on a weekly basis, their lives change as, as well. And there's that development that you're growing. There's that growth that you feel with them. But yeah, I, I definitely agree with those. But I know you've talk of, talked about Shonen being one of your favorite categories. And I've also, or I've said on the podcast that I like Shonen, but... It's, it might not be one of my favorite genres. So really with this podcast, I kind of wanted to throw out some topics that are a bit controversial just to start a discussion between us, really, just to talk. And I don't, I don't want anyone to think I'm like this righteous person that thinks that I'm 100% correct and I'm trying to shame on Shonen or anything like that. I just really want to just start a, a point of discussion, really, because I, I do think there's some interesting thematic things about Shonen that we've seen in the past and also in the anime industry as a whole. But you made a point earlier and then, or you asked me earlier to create this dis distinction between shonen and shoujo. And I thought this was an interesting point because why is there such a significant discrepancy in popularity in the Western audience between shonen and shoujo? And why are there, why is there like a clean cut division in terms of the themes between the two shows. So I, I think it's interesting how Shonen kind of pigeonholes the main character always to be a male character, even if another show that has a female lead that has the same themes as a Shonen might exist, that would never be classified as a Shonen purely because the main character is not a male. And I think that's really interesting. But what what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that there should be this divide between shonen and shoujo? And should we see more shows where the female lead or, or the main character is a female lead rather than a male lead, but with the same themes of a shonen? Right. So for basically, if I had to say, like, let's say there's another Naruto out there, except it's a female MC, that would be classified as a shoujo, just to clarify. I don't even know if it'll be classified as a shoujo because shoujo really is romance slice of life heavy. I know there's like Sailor Moon out there, which is classified as a shoujo, but there aren't many other action heavy shows that are classified as shoujo. Like uh, two two examples I can think of here are Akamega Kill and um, Kill, Kill a Kill. I don't think either of them are classified technically as shoujo. And I'm just going purely off a of mal classification because there's no like, 
there's no like i guess rule in the, the entire anime industry or global anime industry that says that those shows are not shoujo but at least in mao they are not classified as shoujo yeah they're i mean they have themes that are really similar to shonen but it will never be classified as shonen right and you know i think i do i don't want to get controversial here but i'm gonna say that japan has historically lagged behind western culture in terms of female empowerment and i don't want to get too political here but just seeing how in western uh tv and movies and shows female leads are becoming more and more popular i would expect that we're going to start seeing that trend in anime as well in terms of these action heavy uh, mcs and I think historically, that's kind of the reason that females were never portrayed as significantly, I want to say, in in shonen, because it was just a difference in culture. But I do think it's changing. And, you know, you mentioned Akame Ga Kill, right? Great anime, female lead. I expect, I think we're going to start seeing more of that. And, you know, when Chainsaw Man comes out, I think we're going to start seeing s- some more big female characters start start coming out. and But I don't know. How do you feel about it? Yeah, so I think there are shows now that are coming out with female supporting characters that are really strong. I, I, or they're like secondary main characters almost. So, so some I could think of are Mikasa from a- Attack on Titan really strong female character but not necessarily the main character of the show so i i would really want to see more shows put a female lead at the main character of the show as a female because you know there are shows out there in the western side now that have kind of done this so something i could think of off the top of my head recently is black widow the main superhero is a female and her sister so i hope that something like that translates to the anime industry because i do think in the past and i i do think this is something that just resides in japanese culture which i don't necessarily agree with but there's just this clear divide in terms of a role of a male and versus a female in a household and that's played a pretty big factor in how anime is portrayed so yeah, in a lot of these shows, I I really don't know where like the female characters have like gone really because something like Naruto. I I sent you a note earlier about this, but out of all the kages in in the past, I looked at this up yesterday. There's only three that are female, and then out of all the Akatsuki members, there's only one that's female. Like, is that even possible in terms of? If this played out in the real world right now, is that even possible with a 50-50 divide in terms of population? So I don't know. It's just it's a theme that I would like to see in anime in the future, but I'm not sure when that transition will really occur. Right. And maybe going into Naruto, just for a tad, because it is a shonen, and we're all, we are talking about some of these female characters. I want to talk about one female character who I really dislike how it was portrayed in Naruto. And that female character is Kudenai. 
Uh, it's Asuma's wife. Or oh. Earlier in the show, she is one of the leaders of one of the teams. And the reason why I want to I want to bring her up, right, is because when she's originally introduced in Naruto, she's introduced as a very strong genjutsu or visual spell user. And then right after she marries Asuna, she like disappears from the show. All she does is become a mom. Right? Okay, so... <laughs> and, and and it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, what? Just what? Like she just forgave up, gave up being a ninja? I, I'm just like so confused. Yeah, that's... I think that literally just goes back to Japanese culture. Like I said, how a male is portrayed in a household versus how a female is portrayed in a household. But something like that just doesn't make sense to me because all these female characters just like randomly disappear after marriage or after they get in a relationship or something because they're not a core part of these like antagonists or protagonist groups. And I would really like to see there doesn't need to be like a like a shonen shoujo combination where it's one whole gigantic category now, but a less of a divide in terms of kind of the theme. So like where it doesn't bind shoujo just to be a romance slice of life, but it could be an action show where, you know, the female lead or, or the main character is, is a female lead. I, I hope that there's more shows just naturally like that. But I think even in the, the anime industry as a whole, this theme is it just exists so like some some movies i could even think of right like your name wuthering with you garden of words these aren't shonens but the in the end what happens is the main character that's a male ends up saving the main character that's a female that ends up getting caught into some disaster or disappears into some unknown world or goes through some traumatic experience and it's just never the other way around yeah, I don't know. I, I just really hope that, and that might just be because like how the anime industry has been built up, this divide that Shonen and Shoujo has really created for itself. I'm not sure, really, but I, I really want more more shows like Akamega Kill, really, where or like an AOT with Mikasa being the main character. Yeah, and it's a really good point that some of the, you're saying these supporting characters, at least it's a start, that some of these supporting characters are what you know, keep people engaged. Like, actually, another female character I'm thinking about is Amelia from ReZero. The MC is trash. Oh, yeah. I don't think yeah. anyone likes the MC. But, the, I mean, all the female characters in ReZero are actually pretty pretty unique. They're definitely better than the main character. But yet, the main character is still male. Yeah, so I think there's, in these other genres now, they're doing a better job. So, ReZero, really good example. Same writer, Vivi, really good example of a female lead being... At, at the or a female character being the main character of the show pulling the weight of the plot uh saving the world etc yeah even in like 86 right besides Under undertaker the main handle is a female there's female characters in it even in some shows like demon slayer now the, there's some hashidas that are female although i think it's the majority of the hashidas are male still but there are some characters out there now that are playing these pivotal roles where they're yeah, just in positions of leadership and and whatnot, but just really, just really something that I really hope to see going forward from the from the shonen industry in terms of you know just changing it up, really. All right, let's get kind of Hanazawa lead role. That's gonna be the that's gonna be the goal. I mean, like she's in like Psychopaths, right? Like something like Psychopaths. She's 
a very strong female lead character. It's just that she's not the main character. It's it's really close, but right. We we need to stop hearing Kirito in, in every shonen. I know, I know. Just just stop it, Kirito. Stop. But I, I, Kirito is a good segue, I think, to our next point of discussion here, because <laughs> one thing that irks me a lot about shonen, and maybe it's not just a shonen thing. It could be like isekai, because you know I love Sword Art Online too. You know something about main characters are ridiculously op and i think either you or someone else has told me in the past that they like op main main characters but there's this level of unrealistic expectations that an op main characters set in my opinion which i just don't vibe with but what are your thoughts on main characters being extremely overpowered and there's there's a few out there there's like sports main characters are op there's like gojo satoru which is from Jujutsu Kaisen, who's ridiculously OP. Yeah, so I think it depends. And I'm going to say it depends because sometimes the OP main characters make the show. It's why you watch it. It's like a 12-episode show, and you're just looking to see someone destroy everyone. Now, in more of a long-running shonen, I would hate to see that. No one wants to see a sword. I mean, that's the reason Sword Art Online went downhill. Because this guy just remains too overpowered for four seasons there's no development anymore there's no there's no getting stronger it's just he's just been strong so i think it depends and sometimes people like to see it but other times people really like to see the plot development and the character grow and you miss the growing phase when they're just starting off as the top of the top I think OP main characters are really entertaining to watch. And when I first started watching anime, Sword Art Online was one of the first anime I watched to kind of get myself back into anime. And I thought it was really entertaining at the time because it's it's just it's just pure entertainment to watch someone whoop someone's ass, you know what I mean? So in that sense, I don't have that much of a problem with it. But as I've kind of grown older, right? I wa- I started watching anime back maybe 10 plus years ago. But as I've grown older, these main characters that virtually have no development in terms of how they got to this OP position just make no just makes no sense to me. Because in in the real world, right? Who in the real world just woke up one day and ended up being like the number one ranked player in whatever video game they're playing? No one. Or like number one player in the sport that they're playing. Or they just decided to wake up one day and they passed the MCAT and and the bar exam and whatever. Like that's not possible. So as I've kind of grown older, and maybe I'm just jaded by, by the real world at this point. But it's just become severely unrealistic to me. And what I actually appreciated about Naruto was that Naruto starts at the bottom... And now he's here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he starts at the bottom and then really grows because of all the walls he's faced with. You know, he has to get through every single problem, ad- adversity, everything that he's faced with. And that's how he grows as a character. And he reaches the top eventually. And you see that growth from episode to episode. But with some of these characters, you don't see that. And like something like Deku, right? He just woke up one day, got got his superpower, and then 
what now he's like i mean he's, st- he's still bad he, he's still <laughs> bad though he's still bad and he's gonna get stronger like that's how it's gonna go but he's still bad but yeah he he got the best superpower in the world yeah in like the entire anime yeah he just got the best superpower in the entire handed anime. on a platter to him yeah straight up handed to him yeah like to me like what does that really teach someone that's watching the show who's who's younger right like if I was them, when I was 10 years old, I'm watching Deku. I was like, oh, I, I'm going to wake up one day. I'm just going to be OP as hell. And I'm just going to live my life that way. I don't know. <laughs> and I, I just feel like there's just this unrealistic expectation that's set by by these characters. I'm, and this might just be media as a whole. Yeah, yeah. I think no one likes to see someone just be strong the entire time. Unless it's a short running series. And, you know, they... It's like quick and quick and done. But having said that, there are certain times I really like to see someone just be super OP. And that's when the main character or whoever is the strongest character doesn't flaunt the doesn't flaunt it. Like they don't really you don't really know they're the strongest until something happens. So either they're haunted by some trauma or they have some PTSD of some sort and they like refuse to either play their sport or you know show how strong they used to be until like maybe some episode three or four when they have to go save some one of the usually it's the female character like you said (laughs) which i would hope that i would we need to see something reversed but those are the times that it's actually kind of uh interesting and one thing i can think of off the top of my head is the akashic records i think it's of the bastard magical instructor or something like that it's like a shonen harem, but the main character basically is like some super OP guy who doesn't, he's just lazy, doesn't want to do anything. And only like you learn that he's like super strong later in the show when he needs to like save the other MC. And even in like non-anime, I do like to see that. Like one of my favorite shows is Suits. And the main character of Suits is like some guy who has like, picture perfect memory and it's like a a few like there's a couple of shows like that right where the main characters in movies they're like super smart you don't really know it they don't put themselves to their full potential until some point down the line and those are the scenes that everyone likes to see right when that main character uses their like talent or trait or smartness suddenly to like show someone up do you think that's purely because that's something that you wish you could do or like you were in their shoes essentially because for me personally the reason why i don't like those is because i just can't relate to it like there will never be a circumstance or an instance where that will happen and this kind of goes back to when i started playing tennis or when i was playing tennis but when i watched prince of tennis and i know you watch prince of tennis but do you remember fuji the guy with no yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah, So Fuji... <laughs> the guy with no Fuji eyes. Fuji literally has no eyes the entire time of the show. And then... <laughs> but he opens them once. He opens them like yeah, once. Yeah, whenever he opens them, he turns into the most OP tennis player in the entire universe. Where he, nothing can even stop this man after he opens his eyes. And there's been times, right, where I was like, you know what? Maybe I could do that. Maybe I just like play nonchalantly for a little bit. Take this guy a little easy. And then like I'll open my eyes next point and then i'll just win the entire match at that point that never happens if you do that you're going like you're gonna lose no matter what so it's just like 
it's so unrealistic to me <laughs> that I just can't relate to it. But you know, we're kind of old. I think as a kid, every kid dreams that they just have some magic switch that they can just flip, you know, flip and become like a super saiyan. Yeah, I mean, I dreamed of that too. And then that's what got me like 100 laps around the tennis court for losing all my matches. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there is no kid out there who doesn't wish that they could just turn it on, you know, just snap their fingers and, you know, go from somewhere in the middle to just dominate, dominate everyone. Kind of like Kuroko no Basket, just go into the zone, just score every bucket you throw up, no matter how absurd you throw it up, it's going in. I think kids obviously want that, right? And that's why it's entertaining to them. So like, so be it. But that I don't. I personally, you know, I'm just totally jaded now that I'm old, <laughs> that I just can't relate to it now. But I, I do think like there are characters where so, something like Gojo from Jujutsu Kaisen, I love the scenes that he's in. It's just pure entertainment to watch this guy like whoop everyone's ass. But I just, I hope later on in, in the show that they just explain how he got to that point because I just need to know. And that's a good point, right? Because another anime that I'm thinking about that is a shonen where they kind of had something like that. I don't know if you've ever seen this. It's called Magi. Oh, yeah, I actually have. And then they had the spinoff where there's a character in Magi who's OP, Sinbad. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, they had that spinoff like the adventures of Sinbad. And it shows you how he got to that point where he's like actually stronger than the main character. Yeah, but like you see kind of the growth, right? In that show for the adventures of Sinbad. He just didn't wake right, up. Right, right. So like I- I'm totally fine with that. If the main character or one of the characters is ridiculous op they show a backstory of how he got to that point like so be it right you know there there are instances like that in a lot of these shonen where there's one person that's really really strong but they'll show kind of the backstory that he worked really really hard and one thing one character that comes to the top of my head here is like with haikyuu where kageyama is like really really op right but he practices more than anyone on the team besides hinata and it's just like oh okay you could kind of see the work that he's putting in every single day he's trying to get better he's trying to become the best setter in japan that's totally fine because there's a reason why he's the most op character and that almost you know teaches the younger generation that nothing comes easy in a way sorry to interrupt but like sports animes have been doing a much better job of that lately like like you said prince of tennis back in the day the, the main character is just too just strong to begin with yeah but in um haikyuu diamond oase the mcs were they're just terrible it's like their first time playing the sport yeah and you see them get better and better and it it kind of teaches you that you know you can put in the work and just because you're short doesn't mean you're gonna be you can't do something yeah and that's why haikyuu actually is like one of my favorite fate like sports anime i don't know if it is my favorite because I, i've kind of talked about another sports anime in the past but it it does a really good job of just showing all the work that each of the characters have gone through to get to the point that they're at. And whether that be they just practice one type of serve over and over again at 9 p.m. till midnight or they went to all these different boot camps or uh, training camps in order to get better. Like you can see that growth, all the work that they're putting in. So like when they're OP, that's fine, right? Like if someone's working their butt off and they outwork you, they're, they're going to be better in the real world too. And in anime, that, that's kind of the case as well with Haikyuu. So yeah, in that case, 
so be it. But there are still some characters out there where they just <laughs> woke up in the middle of the night. They opened their eyes and they just turned into the most OP character that we could potentially think of. So, Okay, so I'm going to go on a tangent right now and I want to get your opinion. But, you know, just the way you've kind of phrased things in the past couple minutes, it just came to my attention that why is it in Shonen that the most OP characters have their eyes covered? And when they take off whatever's covering their eyes, they become crazy. And we're talking Gojo, we're talking Fuji, we're talking Kakashi. What is it with Japanese anime and covering people's eyes? You know, it's it's, it's really interesting. I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> but there's something with, with the eyes that they do. I don't know. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe it's just like a sign of a handicap. Like, I don't know what it really what it really is. But there there are other characters out there besides those three that you named that I, I can't think of off the top of my head. But I, I remember seeing. So I don't know, man. And maybe that should be the title of this episode. Like, Sleeping Shonen. <laughs> That's really what it is. Because apparently all you have to really do is cover your eyes for the whole whole day and then just take off your <laughs> your covering and then you just become the most OP character in the world. So that's the moral of the story. Take a main takeaway of this podcast. Yeah, I'm trying to think like, uh, there's that guy in Bleach. Jin? Gin? Oh, right, yeah. He, has, he doesn't have eyes either. Yeah, he doesn't have eyes either, but he opens it right at the end of the series, like becomes even stronger. Yeah, I don't know what it is, man. It's just something, something about it. Maybe I just need to cover my eyes and maybe I'm just going to get... St- get better one day all right just go to work tomorrow with your eyes closed and just see what, what happens and then open your eyes on friday and see if you just turn into like the most op character yeah, when people ask me what are you doing just be like i'm <laughs> i'm waiting it's not not the right time i'm channeling my energy to go super saiyan <laughs> all right so i think you know we're approaching the one hour point at this point but one topic i kind of want to close with and this is just my takeaway in terms of shonen but do you think that shonen, in terms of its themes, you know, the ma- main male MC kind of growing into their own skin, learning the ropes of whatever they're doing, whatever world they live in. Do you think that theme has kind of gotten stale and all the kind of different themes that come with shows? So I'm saying like the Naruto's of the world, the Hunter Hunters, the Full Malcolmist Brotherhoods, Boku no Hero. Like, all these shows kind of have similar themes in terms of how the main characters kind of grow and become what they're striving to be. Do you think that's kind of gotten stale? You know, I think there came a point where a lot of these studios were like, can we beat Naruto? Can we beat some of these, like, classics? Can we do better? Because if you can't, is there really a point in putting out another anime similar to that. Yeah, so I felt this way recently when I watched Jujutsu Kaisen. And like I said, I've watched anime for 10 plus years, probably even longer than that. And I felt the themes in Jujutsu Kaisen were really, really similar to all the shonens I've watched to this point. And I don't know why, where it but it just felt really stale to me. Like, the action scenes were fantastic, but if I watched Jujutsu Kaisen five years ago, uh, like, before I watched, you know, the last 10 shonens or whatever I watched, I probably would have thought it was amazing. 
But since I've watched so many shonens to this date, or to date, I felt like the show was stale. Yeah, and I think now that you mention it, I think that's one big difference between Demon Slayer and Jujutsu. Because Demon Slayer is a shonen, but it's not your historically typical shonen. And what I mean by that is, yes, you have a main character. Yeah, he's a bit OP. But the whole premise isn't really for him to get to the top, right? It's really saving his sister. And I think that is the key point of Demon Slayer that makes it different and entertaining and maybe changes that staleness that you're talking about. Because in Jujutsu, there's no clear goal here, right? It's exercise some demon, maybe, but it's not really clear. I actually just had this discussion with some of my friends earlier this week because I said that Demon Slayer was one of my favorite shows. And that doesn't necessarily mean that Demon Slayer is a 10 out of 10 show in my books. And it could be a bit overrated or overhyped, but... There are themes in Demon Slayer that I thought were different than a typical shonen, where the the main character he he trains, you know, the training arc, very typical. But after he trains, he gets thrown into kind of the real world. He's not in the school setting anymore. He has to figure out, you know, working a job on his own in order to figure out or in order to save his sister. And I thought his motives were a lot more clear in terms of why he was working, why he was striving to become better. But in Jujutsu Kaisen, it's not that clear. And going back to like Boku no Hero, and we're, like, we're just like, or I'm just bashing on Boku no Hero, but what the hell is... Do it. I love like, it. Bash on it. <laughs> bash on it more. Like, what, what the hell is Deku's motives? Like, he was just like, I saw superheroes on TV, and I want to become one of them, so I'm just going to do it. And I don't, I don't get it. Like... It's just too childish. He wants to be a hero. He wants to be a hero. It's just, it's so childish, <laughs> man. It's, I don't get it. And the thing with Jujutsu Kaisen is like, I don't really get the main character's motives either. Besides maybe his grandpa telling him like, you should be a good person and save as many people as you possibly can. I don't really see the clear motive behind what he's doing. But maybe, you know, Jujutsu Kaisen still fresh, still very new. So th- this might get explained later on. So I might see that later on. But with Demon Slayer, I just felt that there was a clear-cut motivation, a, a driver for the main character. And also, just not that typical school setting, not the typical setting that we've seen. And also, it taking place in a previous like era of Japanese history was, uh, was a bit more interesting to me. But one thing I, I wanted to kind of highlight to you was Jujutsu Kaisen and Chainsaw Man Although I've said Jujutsu Kaisen thematically is very similar to Shonen, it's kind of taking, they're both kind of taking a different angle at it. Do you think Shonen, or like, do you like this mix up? It's a little bit more gory, it's a little bit more intense, but it is a mix up and a bit, a more mature mix up. And do you think this will be like a positive impact? And do you think it'll kind of change Shonen going forward? That's a good point, right? Because like, I'm going to go reference Tokyo Ghoul because, like I said, I like Tokyo Ghoul. But Shonen has gotten more gory. And I don't know if that's because less things are censored these days. But when I think 
a lot of these anime are shown in Western culture these days, I think for younger the younger audience, they've seen a lot a lot more gore recently, and maybe it comes back to the whole addiction in Western culture and zombies and shooting things. I have no idea what it is, but people these days just love action, gory shows. It might have started earlier than Jujutsu Kaisen and Chainsaw Man, and it might have stemmed at the point that AOT actually came out. But these three shows have kind of changed Shonen, where it's really more appealing to the mature audience, so more adults, right? Like we see the Shohei Otani's of the world playing Jujutsu Kaisen's music, so obviously he likes it, and we see some of these box offices that demon slayer is getting and demon slayer is kind of mature a little bit more gory as well it seems like it's attracting a wider audience than just kids now and i kind of like the change up yeah i think that might be one of the reasons why boku no hero is harder to relate to right because it's more childish the boku no hero i think is just not not a great show in general but Having the more mature and the gore, the I don't know if the I don't know if it's R-rated per se, but yeah, you do reach a wider audience. And then when you add in some more depth there, like a relationship or some type of plot development, I think it it can relate to both males, females, young audience, older audience, and everyone's going to enjoy it. Yeah, and and you know. Maybe when I think back, I think back to Naruto. Because Naruto, in the very beginning, was very childish, right? Like, they didn't really show death very well. But by the time we got to the end of Shippuden, then people <laughs> were dying everywhere. And I don't know if that's because Naruto grew... The anime itself grew with the character. And you get to the point where, like, there's marriage at the point at the end of it, right? Like, people are getting married. And in Boruto, they're all married now. Do you think that that's actually because, one, well, the writer got older. And then, two, he knew his audience was getting older? Yeah, and that's the difference between Naruto and One Piece. One Piece, man, this kid's been, like, 16 for, like, longer than I've been alive. It's like One Piece has taken place in, like, three years or something over, like, 12 years of anime. <laughs> It's like it's like so absurd like it doesn't even make sense anymore. I think with Naruto, right? There was a there was a clear separation or like a time time jump between Naruto and Shippuden. And I do think the writer and also the people that produced the show did a good job of kind of growing the maturity level of the show as its audience matured. So they knew the people that were 5 years old watching Naruto were probably around 15 or <laughs> Uh, at least like 18 when like the Shippuden era was ending. So I think I think in that sense that they, they did a really good job. And I do think going forward, like some of these other shows that are really just kind of catering to a bigger crowd. Like I said, AOT, Jujutsu Kaisen, Demon Slayer, Chainsaw Man that's coming out. It's going to be more entertaining. And I think it has more potential to reach a wider audience than some of these other shows ever did. And Boku no Hero will never reach that point. And it should never. So this is this podcast has turned into the Boku no Hero Roast Podcast. <laughs> we might lose uh, our younger audience followers if we even have any. But Well, for the younger audience, if you're watching Boku no Hero, watch something else. I'm just kidding. 
it's it's still a good show in its own regard. And if you take any lessons away from this podcast, it's close your eyes in school <laughs> and then open them for the test and you will pass it. <laughs> oh no. We're about to get like sued for like <laughs> my kid getting a F for closing his eyes during a test. But no, all right, don't listen to us. We're just a bunch of hooligans saying weird things, but yeah, I think that that pretty much concludes all my all my controversial topics about Shonen. <laughs> Although I, I don't know if it's really controversial, but any other things that you want to kind of touch on before we ended up and wrapped up this podcast? Or no, we're gonna come back to Shonen. I mean, it's something we're gonna touch on a lot in the future. So I think it's okay to wrap it up here. I think we got we gave a pretty good in depth analysis on maybe some of the more finer aspects of Shonen and maybe where we want to see it go. So. I think it was a good episode, and I think uh, if anyone has other opinions, love to hear them. Yeah, I definitely want to hear people's opinions as well on Shonen as a whole, or specific shows that you've watched, that you've enjoyed. You know, we're always looking for Shonens to watch here, and it, it is one of the biggest genres in anime, so we totally see this genre growing going forward as well. But yeah, just looking forward to how, how that plays out. And for the next episode, we're going to be talking about Isekais, and... You know, that's another one of your favorite genres, so you're probably going to have to carry the load of it, but kind of going hand-to-hand with Shonen, it probably is one of the largest anime genres right now, so it'll be interesting to talk about. I'm sure we'll get a lot of different shows that we're quoting, and I think it's actually the first time we're talking about Isekai, so it should be fun. It should be fun. Um, Maybe we'll we'll wake up in another world one day. That's one of my dreams. I'm just praying I wake up in a world (laughs) where I don't have to go into work. Let's hope we, if we ever do wake up in another world, we wake up as an OP main character. I just want to be the slime guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I guess that wraps up this podcast. So see you guys next week, weeboos. All right. Sounds good. Hope you guys enjoy the next week of anime. And we'll have to touch up on some of these upcoming shows and maybe give a little recap. But until then, have a good week. See you guys next week. Peace.